up and raise. And I'm very happy to report that it has warmed up considerably. Nice to see you back again today after this oh. long holiday weekend. I uh, I spent the weekend out at Hampton Beach, Bob. Did you really? How's the water? Well, it was cold when you first went in. Yeah, well, after you get used to it, after okay, you get used huh? to it, you die. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sure, Bobby. It has that certain nothing this time of year. That yeah. It does something. For well, you. I'm glad to see that uh, this isn't on the program, Bob. Uh, this away announcement will come at 1:29. Oh, good. Yeah. You're going to do it, I suppose. Yeah. Ken and Bill are in fine shape today. What's that again? I say they're in fine shape today. Well, good. Did you However, know, see holiday season, Bob? I haven't seen yeah, it last well, Friday. Yeah. It's a party. Had a great day, uh, Saturday. Yeah. We uh, had a couple of letters this morning about from people who enjoyed the Friday program so much. Oh, that's all? Yeah, with the... With the I told you I'm all through here, didn't I? No, I didn't know you were. Didn't know you were one of the ones. Yes, I'm on trial now. Yeah. And uh, so you're watching your every move. Every move I'm watching, and I'm not bad to watch either. I'm a pretty interesting character. I see. I uh, I enjoy watching. <clears throat> Let me turn the television on and see what's going at Linda's house doing. All right. The life and loves of Linda Lovely, written for Radio by E. Carrington Lux. Today, episode seventy-three, chapter twenty-one, book five, entitled David. Meet Edgar. It's late afternoon now as the clock on the mantel strikes four. Four o'clock. This was a gift of their faithful and trusted companion, Sven Svensson, some years back, Mrs. Clark. And David and Linda think a great deal of it. Edgar is speaking with uh, the man we know only as Charles right now. But Charles, I don't know what to think about it. Well, of course, you only know me as Charles. That's right. I, uh, I'm Edward, you know. I only know you as Edward. That's right. We've never disclosed our last name. But about this Edward Merchley? I think you and I are both working on the same case, but in different directions. Well, I have a feeling that you and I don't know each other's last name, Edward. I don't know your last name. Do you know Lil Lovely? Never heard of her. You know David? Never heard of her. Oh, uh, him. Do you know Skippy? Why, of course. Did you know Edward Murley, who's been missing these eight years in deep He's dark... He's been missing, as I understand it, these past eight years. In deep, dark, dank Africa. Deep, dark Africa. Thanks. That's right. And Have a Merry Christmas? Had a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Ed. So did I. What, what was your last name again? I didn't say. I didn't think you did this. You don't know mine either, do you? No. What is your last name? I didn't catch it. I beg your pardon. There's the phone. Go ahead. Hello. Who is it? Yes. Who is it? We'll be right there. Oh, this looks like trouble. It, it is trouble, Ed. Who is it? They want two detectives. Uh-oh. we better get right over there. That's right. Let's move across town. What's your last name again? I didn't say. Across town at Linda Lovey's house, the clock on the mantel is striking five. You mean that took an hour? <laughs> Well, time moved rapidly in these things, you know. Linda is speaking with Dave. David, there are two men whom I know only as Edward and Charles. 
They keep looking in the window. What are their last names? They didn't say. Of what significance are they in our lives? They're both working at opposite ends on one problem, to find the missing Edward Berkeley. Missing these past eight years. Oh, my darling. We know not where. What darlingness. All we know is that eight years ago, Edward Mersley disappeared into the jungles of darkest Africa. And hasn't returned. Hasn't returned. Has left no sign. Has left no trace. Of and until we actually determine that he's dead, David, you and I can never... Belong together. That's the way it is. And what of, what of Carlotta and the man we know only as Finch? Carlotta? Carlotta and Skippy are going to be home for New Year's. And Dr. Prescott, what's he say about it? He and Finch have gone on a fishing trip to the mountain. Wow. As the year ends, David and Linda think over the events which have taken place in the last 11 months. They plan for the future and wonder if they will ever find Edward Mersley missing these past eight years, along with Carlotta, Finch, but the men we know only as Charlie and Ed. Tomorrow we'll hear David say, Hello, Linda. And we'll hear Linda say, Hi. That's tomorrow on the life and loves of Linda Lovely. So much. And now, ladies. Now, ladies, what? I thought you had the commercial. Didn't you have it there? Down this corridor. Oh, no uh, more. We have Basil, though, haven't we, today? Yes. Well, we let's have listen Basil. to Basil. Hello there. This is Basil Rathbone. If you want a long cigarette, buy the best cigarette. By Fatima. First quality for 30 years. All right. That's, that's exactly what we'll do, Basil. And if we don't see you before the end of the year, very yeah, happy New Year. Yeah. We have a bright uh, <laughs> bright number from the boys in the band to open the show. Want to bet? <laughs> this is something that uh, they've been, oh, they've been begged to record, but as yet they, they won't get down to it. All right. What is it? Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. Go.
Mostly done. Song of India, Ken and Bill. Say, Bob, what you get for Christmas, anyway? Oh, we got a lot of... Uh, say, I got two new lamps for the front of the car. We've been meeting for some time. Good for you. With uh, something that I hadn't seen before, plastic wicks and thing. Wonderful. Which, uh, what did you get? Oh, I got some locker room attache. That's good. Uh, let's see. I got a box of uh, Tootsie Roll candy. Yeah? I got a carton of Fatima cigarettes. Well, you made out... With a large autograph picture of Basil Bathbone. That's good. You can hang uh, that up in your room, I suppose. I thought I'd do something with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see what else I got. That's about all. I got a lot of new, wonderful things. Somebody sneaked in a bad egg in the eggnog. <laughs> but that, of course, wasn't a gift. No. You no. didn't You didn't get anything. This morning, I, I, was, I mentioned that I was very thankful I didn't get a bobsled. That because of all the things I don't need, it's a bobsled. And whoever didn't send it to me this year, thank you very much. I'm awfully glad you didn't you send me a bobsled. You all a lot. So did you eat those cookies from uh, the bit of Sweden? They're very, very good. They were very good. And did it, you? Yeah, they tasted just like a bit of Sweden. Mm-hmm. Swedish uh, recipe, I imagine. You mean from George Anderson, our kind host down uh, in Quincy. Yep. George is a good boy. So what else is new? Not very much. I didn't hear your program the other day, Saturday, Sorry, on Christmas didn't. Day. I, I meant to tune Ken in. Ken and Bill did, it, I understand. Did they? Yeah. Well, how can they miss sitting here pounding their big, fat fingers all over the house? No wonder they could play uh, being so cold out, too. Fourteen fingers. How was your car right this up. morning that it turned? Started like a charm. How'd it run, though? Well, it didn't run. It started. It turned over and everything. Sure. How about that? But after I built that fire underneath it, it went pretty good. Well, good for you. How's your car running? Pretty good. Got all right this morning? Well, it's all right. Uh-huh. Only, only one little difficulty. What was that? Trying to push it and get back into the car at the same time is practically impossible, Bob. It's kind of rough, I know. And, uh, you can't do it, really, mm-hmm. unless you go in and get somebody else. Of course, else. there's no time for that because we I, have to uh, go over to the... Uh, I'm up at a very convenient hour, 4.30, and everything is open. Now. I mean, everyone, uh, all the neighbors are up, and sure. they're running out to see if they can help. <laughs> can I help Ray, you know? Sure. So I never have any difficulty at 4.30. Well, we're going to drop over to the Sturdy School of the Mumbled Word today. No, we weren't, but we certainly will go if you suggested, Bob. We should. Well, let's go over. Good work, Ken. So, uh, here we are at the, uh, the what, Bob? The Thirdly School of the Mumbled Word. What blew out there? Did something blow out here? I think so. Well, if we're not on the air, I don't see what's the sense in going on. Going on with this. Camera bug. Oh, I see. Some kind of a bug. There's something frightening about that. I'll I'll get it. Good boy. Okay. Hey, Bar, I was going to ask you, did you see, uh, I I read somewhere in the paper yesterday, it's an old gag, but it struck me as being very funny, about the the two botanists. No, they wouldn't be botanists, would they? Uh, Who studied bugs, Bob? They do? Good work, Ken. And of all, these two entomologists. That's a foot doctor, and you know it. Uh, I, did, I never knew an entomologist. Well, these two entomologists were talking, and one said, Say, hey, by the way, Eddie, says, uh, what, is that, what is that bug with two green heads, a, a yellow body and purple stripes and 24 legs? Mm-hmm. And the other entomologist said, I don't know. He says, I don't either, but you better brush him off your neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, another thing, I like to talk friends. I saw uh, a very funny one in the paper yesterday myself between Sherlock Holmes and... Uh, Dr. Watson, 
really is quite thin. Bill Green pointed it out to me. Well, well, I've well, seen it myself. What was that, Bob? I was reading the financial page. Yeah, well, go on. Uh, 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 Dr. Watson walked up to Sherlock Holmes and said, I say, I see you're wearing long underwear today. Oh, yeah. And Holmes said, All right, you're improving, Watson. He said, How did you make that deduction? And Watson said, You forgot to put your pants on. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a pretty good one. So long as he keeps his trap shut, everything will be all right. Oh, oh let's see. I, I worked my way through the thick P-Soup fog. Well, I do fog music. And at length I pulled up in Holmes's Butcher Street apartment. I rapped on the door and a strange character, known only to me as nobody, answered the door. Hello. Hello, come in here. I say, is Holmes home? Oh, yes, he's in the library, down this corridor. I'll follow you. Must be right here, eh? Right in this room here. How do you happen to be here? I I, I was expecting to see Holmes. I, all that sort of thing. I work for Holmes. Oh, I see. I'm his number one boy, Polo. Oh, I see. Well, I'll just walk in through this curtain here. He's expecting you. You see? But he's dead. Yeah, I know. I bumped him. You killed Holmes? I like the way he traded me. Sherlock Holmes can't die. Well, he's dead. Go on over and fail his pulse. By Joe. There's a Westinghouse blanket if you feel anything. You're right. He is dead. This sounds like murder. Sounds like murder to me. I'd better try and solve this crime. Later that evening, in Dr. Watson's apartment, he was describing the crime to a good friend of his, Sir Cecil Sturdley. Say, I'm a good friend of yours. What about this You're murder? You're a good friend of mine, Sir Cecil. What about Certainly. this? Uh, what about this murder? Well, I I solved everything within a few moments after I found Holmes dead. How's everything? The culprit confessed, and I turned it in. <laughs> now you just. Wow, well, we don't have time for this. I know. No, we've got to today is is our annual uh, Monday before New Year's presentation program, and. Uh, we haven't even started. I know. And I think that's very unfair to those who have made it an annual habit for the past 17 years. And the program is half over. Thank you. To tune in for our annual five days or so uh, before uh, New Year's program. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Sure. <laughs> Why don't we get started before we lose any All more right. time? And here, friends, to make the award is uh, the well-known resident of Canton, Massachusetts, who... Here's well, thank you, Bob, and hello again, radio fans and radio fans. Webley Webster. I want to present uh, Bob and Ray the annual Canton Award for Hellwism. And also, uh, I should like to take this opportunity to congratulate both of my think, the grand George Fisky. Well, that's well. And we've <laughs> certainly worked hard during this past year, and glad to know that you're So, may I, uh, in behalf of the Canton Improvement Society, award you with this chrysanthemum award. Good luck. We're in good health and so long for now, and oh. thank you for listening to me. Okay. Tonight and 30. Do you have anything for Ken and Bill and Charlie and... Well, no, I... Well, to tell you what, Bob, I don't have no money or nothing. You oh, see, I this improvement society is strictly on the cuff all the time. Well, fact, I... uh, I'll have to charge you just a nominal fee for the cassette. No, you don't charge it. 250 Oh. Well, it cost me 215 Bob. I think it cost there and whatnot. Well, we don't. We didn't ask you for the award. You've pulled this business before. Yeah, okay. Give me back them awards. Okay. They're kind I'll of give me somebody anyway. else. 
Yeah, Go fall to somebody. They come back. <laughs> okay. Take him over to some other state. Boy, I'll learn you something. Okay. So long and Later. drop dead. Right. We'll look for you next year. Yeah, well, I so will. So ends our annual New Year's five days before. I think you guys before. are pretty weird anyway. <laughs> I don't know why I picked you. Next year, five days before New Year's, we'll be you with you. You get paid or nothing, you never have anything to go. <laughs> we'll be with you again for our regular holiday presentation. That's so long. Ray? Uh, yes, one. Uh, I don't think that's quite fair of him to drop off in early year and do that to you. Well, I think he's only looking for money. See, nobody else will let him in. Now, this is the only studio with an open door in town. I don't think they could drop in on anybody else in town like that. I don't believe it's really. I can think of several programs that Webley should drop in on, but mm-hmm. uh, they won't let them. Well, they're smart. I suppose so. There he is here. We're yeah. always happy Bob, to see Bob, I'm awfully glad to see that this cold snap is... Heated out a little. Oh, I think it's still I pretty cold out. Huh? It was breezy up little and way, you know. But it was. Oh, way, awful huh? cold, yes. What'd you get for Christmas? Anything uh, interesting? Oh, not so much. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, Same you know, uh, uh, Sturdley. Edgar. Yeah, well, Sturdley, his brother. Oh. Uh, it was over for Christmas. Oh, I see. And uh, they got together. Mm-hmm. And they had a fine time, but I wasn't included. And uh, they, they spent all their money... And the stores were closed when they started out Christmas Eve to buy presents. Yeah. So uh, we got a nice homemade card, a picture <laughs> of a Christmas tree, and a Merry Christmas. Well... In fact, it was Merry Xmas. Oh, that's too and bad that you... There was no you. money enclosed or nothing. Uh-huh. So you didn't make out too well, huh? Not so well, well Bob. But I thought I'd make a appeal to the listeners today. Yeah? Uh, Not for money. No. Well, uh, you were thinking of that. Well, if they want to save themselves the bother of shopping, I'll go pick something for myself. Well, if they care to send them, I don't think you can I do that. I don't care whether they're old bills, Bob, or brand new. I don't think you can make an appeal. Just like so long as they're legal tender. But <clears> what <throat> I was going to ask you was, do you have any sort of a recipe for a punch for the coming weekend? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Mallory. Uh, don't you think you should have <clears> the <throat> recipe? You're right, she wouldn't have a recipe. Do you yes, know? I do. <clears throat> oh, <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> I have something for, uh, I don't know, Bob, I know you don't like it. <clears throat> it well, imitates Mr. Ray, great... or I do. Well, Ray has is, is never declared himself one way or the other on this imitation grape-flavored drink. The basis of this punch is imitation grape-flavored drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty tasty if you add vanilla extract. I mean, after all, this is for the listeners. We don't have to use. Well, the listeners don't have to, Bob. I was giving it to you more than the people listening in. Well, if you I don't, don't want it, then we'll just get all about well, it. Well, it sounds good to start with. drop dead. Bye. <laughs> I think you've got an awful we're, nerve. We're Bob. ending up the year very well. <clears throat> you think you anyway. own this program? No, we don't own this program. Madam Mary, you have a cold? Yes, awfully. I, I, think, I think it was out around the water pump last night. Why don't you clear your throat before you sit down and interfere with the music? That's what I'll do. <clears throat> good. <clears throat> now... I'd like to sing a song that I wrote the day I was separated from the French Foreign Legion. It's a, uh, it's a little thing, uh, quite a story attached to it, I might add. I had uh, been really without water. about it that would make it interesting to tell before I had been without it. water for about eight days, and uh, I was walking across the desert. There was no one with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I had, thank goodness, was a, was a magazine to read. I don't know what I would have done. Well, I kept your mind off the heat hearing you. I might add it was a uh, popular mechanic. Well, I can't think of anything better to have in the desert than that. What else? Current issue? Uh, well, a year or so back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sat down under an oasis 
and I and I wrote this song. My eyes filled with tears as I thought of home and one thing or another. You can understand how it is. And this thought. song, as a result, tells the story, huh? That's right, and I might add that nobody reached me in time. I died out there. Well, did the song get back to civilization, or was yes. it lost forever? Fortunately, a traveler came by, found it, and brought it home to America. And that's why it's one of the leading songs today. Isn't that what? Too bad I'm not here to enjoy it. Well, I was sort of hoping you could be, but... Well, that's life. Maybe next year you'll make it. Certainly. Good luck to you, Bob, well, and thanks Fred, a lot. and I want you to write to us. Right, oh, we will. So long. And I hope you get work. Hold up, steady. Any red-blooded men here? No, I'm going to hold up. I want somebody to go into the past. What for? But hold up. Oh, hold up down the back. Right away. Well, come on. Looks like a wolf party over the next tree. Okay. Let's ride. Riding all that day and all that night, they came at length to a backroom saloon. Hey, look at here. It's a backroom saloon. At yeah, length. Only it's backwards. Right. The back room is in the front room. Let's see if we can hear any of that backroom type piano music. All right. No, I guess we can't. That's Gaylord Ravisnell playing that piano. Sounds mighty like him. General Ulysses S. Grant sent me out here to pick him up. All right, Ravisnell, come with me. He's that three-eyed dandy, ain't he? I don't want no trouble from you, Ravisnell. I've come prepared. I know you're armed. I heard your description on gangbusters. Well, let's let's go and arrest him. Come on, let's bring him over. Wait a minute. Give me down off the sand here. All right. I can't do no pinching while I'm up on the horse's back. Well, you have to get your thumb out of that stirrup here. Yeah, you better hold up steady. Hold on, hold on, hand him you. Hey, How did you solve this amazing crime? Uh, the culprit confessed. No, right. <laughs> All right, took him off to Scotland Yard, and uh, we never heard from him. Did, did he pay the penalties to society? Uh, yes, I believe he did. That's all right. Yes. One thing we, we can't have... He's dead, is that what you mean? We can't have crime pay on this program, and, and you know that, Bob. Let's take time out now to listen to the Berea College Choir, who are back commercially again. The holiday of the new Fred D. Cole program, Crime Does Pay. And, yes, and, uh, as I was saying, the, uh, the Berea College Choir, they've given up all this holiday cheer and so forth. They're back selling Mission Bell wine. Just today. back straight old Mission Bell. So go ahead, fellas, so let's hear it.
chorus came back in as if they weren't quite sure whether they were supposed to. I'd like to make this slight program announcement while I'm thinking of it. Hear me on my new show, The Hideaway Announcement at 129. And be sure that you watch that. Yeah, it's a uh, one-minute show. It's an announcement, really. Don't miss it. You'll love it. It's kind of a variety show. Full of variety. It has gay, lilting words. No songs. Uh, Punctuation. It's a pretty good show. I know you won't want to miss it. That's all. That's, That's right. all I can say. That's all I can say now, but... The fellas, you have a two-minute arrangement of something real fast? Just a four-minute arrangement? Play it in two minutes. Do it. That's good.
program of gay, loving music, all live.